This is Hemant Mehta for the Friendly Atheist Podcast. This is a bonus episode that we wanted to put out there because not too long ago, I saw this TED Talk that really I found interesting, and I thought a lot of you would find it interesting too. And so I got in touch with the person who delivered it and asked him to talk about it. And the gist of it is that he is an atheist who wrote questions for a Bible game show. So you'll hear about his story in a little bit. If you like what you're listening to, please go to patreon.com slash friendly atheist podcast. Here's the brief introduction about who you're about to listen to. David Ellis Dickerson is a writer from all over who's mostly known for his many appearances on public radio's This American Life, telling stories about growing up a conservative Christian in Tucson, Arizona. He's been also been a greeting card writer, a video blogger, a graphic novel editor, a planetarium script doctor, and in 2013, he became an Emmy-nominated game show writer for his work on the Christian game show The American Bible Challenge, which aired on the Game Show Network and can now be seen on Netflix. That's the story he was talking about uh, in this TED Talk that just came out. So I had a chance to talk to him about how our paths inadvertently crossed about a decade ago, how an atheist even gets a job writing for a Bible game show, and what cat's testicles have to do with the Bible. David, thank you so much for joining me. I appreciate it. Oh, I'm I'm thrilled to be here. I've been a fan for years, and uh, this is just a delight. Well, thank you so much. And I have to say, the first, uh, I was aware of you before I had seen your recent TED Talk that made me so excited to talk to you, and that's because for a number of years, I heard your stories on This American Life. Oh, that's so nice. The ironic thing is, it's like one of the fanboy highlight of my life sort of things that Ira Glass mentioned my name in one episode, and it happened to be the episode that was leading into a story that involved you uh, talking about... It was an episode called Bait and Switch. Oh, yes. (laughs) And you you talk a lot about your evangelical fundamentalist kind of upbringing. um, And and in that particular episode, they were talking about, you know, trying to, uh, in one case, be friends with someone for the purpose of converting them and how uh, Jim Henderson, a guy, was someone who... A pastor who really hated that method of conversion. He's the guy who... Quote, right, unquote, wrote, wrote, my, helped you write your book. Like, he did. Oh, you co-wrote the book. Yeah, he bought my soul, quote unquote, many, many years yes. ago. Anyway, um, I really enjoyed, <laughs> I remember hearing some of your stories and they were always, they were never um, coming from a place of hate. They were coming from right. a place of, this is what I grew up with and now I'm not that and let me tell you some stories about that. Um, yeah, and, I, and I still want, you know, my, my family to be happy. <laughs> on as close to their terms as is possible without them actually destroying the world. Yes. <laughs> so where are you right now in terms of your family dynamics? And where are you at? Where is your family at in terms of religion? Uh, in terms of religion, my entire family is still very conservative. They're, um, I don't think any of them voted for Trump, uh, but they were very angry with their choices. <laughs> Uh, right, you know, because if the Democrats, I think, had offered another Obama type, they could have like held their nose and done that. Uh, at least that's the impression I'm getting. Yeah. Uh, but they, but you know, I I think they're single issue voters. You know, Trump is going to give us our our uh, Supreme Court justice, and then he'll be out in a term. And they thought Hillary Clinton was way worse than Obama. 
Uh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Uh, because, of course, you know, they've had decades of her being demonized on Fox News. Right. Uh, and, and, you know, they're not crazy about feminists anyway. <laughs> so, uh, but, yeah, okay, but, but so anyway, they're so not Trumpists. I, I, I remain the, uh, the bad uncle, uh, the dangerous person. They're all very, very nice to me. They, you know, I, I, I love them dearly. Uh, but there is kind of a limited range of things we can talk about. And so and we were pretty good at that. Uh, like I talked to my brother just yesterday for two and a half hours. Uh, but it was mostly about uh, role playing games and movies. <laughs> so when you get together with them, do you try to bring up politics and religion, or do you just try to avoid no, it and find the common win. ground? You know, right. it's just going to get everyone's just going to get angry, and uh, and you can't get anywhere with that. And I think you win people over by being nice. Yeah. You know, it's really really hard for them to think atheists are evil if you show up and go, "Hi, I'm an atheist. Uh, let me draw for your kids." <laughs> uh, and entertain them that way. Like they, they can't, you know, it's hard for them to think of me as soulless and uh, deserving damnation. That's probably for the best. I don't really talk about it with my family either. And, and we have good relations because of that. Yeah. I mean, that, that, that <laughs> it's a shame, but that really does seem to be the best you can do sometimes is just step around and slowly erode the worst parts of, of uh, their extremism. <laughs> right. So the reason I really wanted to talk to you is I saw this TED talk you had just given uh, that, that I'm sorry, you gave it a while ago, but they just put it up online not long ago. And I'll, yeah, January, January. And it was. I'll, I'll uh, throw it over to you for those who haven't seen it yet. What is the story behind uh, what you talked about? Uh, in 2012, I got hired kind of out of the blue to uh, work on a uh, Christian game show for the game show network called the American Bible Challenge with Jeff Foxworthy. And, uh, it was a, it was, uh, you know, it was every bit as crazy as that sounds. Like <laughs> how did, I was, how did uh, they find you? Oh, that's the crazy thing. Okay. Um, I guess it's worth knowing about me that I'm not good at being employed. <laughs> and, uh, so I've had, you know, I'm, I majored in English, uh, and I've been a, a puzzle writer for many years. And uh, when you write crossword puzzles, you meet all the other crossword puzzle people, and some of them are more entrepreneurial than me, and they get on TV show jobs, with, you know, puzzle quiz shows and stuff. So I've been a member of the National Puzzlers League for 20 years or so, and uh, that means that goes back to when I was a genuine fundamentalist, genuinely trying to convert people. And so... <clears throat> Some of them remember me when I was like that. So when one person, a producer, said, I've got to put together this uh, Christian game show, who do we know that knows the Bible? Like, you know, entire rooms full of people in L.A. just shrug. Uh, <laughs> you know, writers who have done everything can't do this. And then someone said, hey, I know a guy. And that was literally like my experience was I had I was um homeless at the time. I was, uh, I, I had uh, run out of money. I was living in my dad's trailer in rural Tucson and uh, despairing of finding any kind of job. And then out of the blue, I got this like Facebook, like, and, and of course feeling guilty for being on Facebook because I should be out looking for a job. And then I got this Facebook message that said, uh, hi, you don't know me, but I'm a producer in Hollywood. And I'm told <laughs> you uh, know the Bible that you know puzzles and that you're funny. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that is an awesome job description and quite the resume right there. Right. And I said, you know, please send me some stuff and let me know. And I, so I 
put together a you know a quick little package of maybe twenty questions. Yeah, I didn't know what she wanted, so I made some Veggie Tales jokes and you know <laughs> threw in some really abstruse. I was a religious studies major, so I knew the you know the abstract stuff too. Yeah, and uh, and you know. 30 minutes later, she said, uh, you've got a job. Can you come here on Monday? <laughs> You'll be here tomorrow. Because LA, in LA, everyone expects you live in LA. Right. And you can just kind of come by. And I'm like, uh, I'm six hours away. <laughs> it's going to have to be Tuesday. Uh, so, anyway, so you and, got the yeah, job. Uh, so and, you got uh, the- yeah, so, and, and so it's one of the weird things about that story is that show, uh, you know, as I, I really thought, oh my God, if they find out, that I'm an atheist. If they just Google my name, listen to any of my This American Life stuff, I'm in trouble. Yeah. Uh, but uh, they, you know, they didn't care, it turns out. Um, and they also, uh, oh, where was I going with this? So you get this job uh, yeah. and you're an atheist now. Oh, 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 going I'm sorry. To thank you for reminding me. This is what I was going to say is I used the last of my money to buy the bus ticket. <laughs> and I happened to, uh, I, for that entire first season i was staying on the floor of my friend's trailer from trailer to trailer um and using his car uh to drive to work back and forth for six weeks so if i hadn't had a lot of luck it would have been i would have been doomed but as it was they were so desperate uh that i happened to get them in a generous mood and uh, so Six weeks later, I had enough money to finally get a car, and that changed my life. Well, that's wonderful. Okay, so now you're writing for the show, and are you? Are the other writers on this show are they devout or are they also atheists? Because I, I wanted to ask you, who knows the Bible better? Because I would argue atheists know the Bible better than right. a lot of Christians. Uh, but of course, uh, knowing the Bible better isn't going to help you sell the Bible, a Bible quiz show to Christians. You have okay. to know the language. Okay, right? You have to know the the, the culture. Uh, so that you can make jokes about, oh, I don't know, make references to traveling mercies or to, you know, the laying on of hands or that kinds of things. Like they're, they're uh, I don't know, just literal little things. <clears throat> uh, you can tell when someone is faking it. I uh, The worst example of this I can think of is uh, Friday Night Lights. There's a brief moment when one of the characters has a religious conversion, and it is so obviously written by someone who has never had a religious conversion <laughs> and has no idea what Christians think or what how they talk. Yeah. Uh, at any rate, uh, so uh, in terms of like actual ex-fundamentalist Christians, and I say fundamentalist, I mean evangelical. There, there's really no difference to my mind. Um, it was me and the actual pastor we had who was doing, who did all our, all our, uh, public, he was the public face of the show. Like he did all our media, uh, that way, you know, you could look at him up and he was the real deal. Uh, the other two writers <clears throat> were experienced game show writers. So one of the guys, uh, had like, literally he was a Christmas Easter guy, got there with his parents, hadn't been inside a church in years. The other was a, uh, a Catholic who uh, led Bible studies in the in her Catholic, you know, church uh, uh, every week, which I didn't know Catholics did, and I I had converted to Catholicism before I apostatized completely, and I never saw a Catholic Bible study for children, uh, so that was really impressive. But <clears throat> that her knowledge was, uh, I would say, uh, you know, in that in that vein, Bible study. Right? She didn't look to the Bible, I didn't get the impression uh, the way a diehard fundamentalist Christian does every day, you know, waking up, looking for guidance, underlining stuff, you know, having this well-thumbed 
uh, you know, well-worn Bible. Uh, so really, in that respect, it turns out it was kind of a uh, a virtue. Uh, we were in real luck because it was just me and uh, and Pastor Troy. I, I'll say Pastor Troy. He's a public figure. <clears throat> um who were the only people who really like knew had 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 been part of evangelical culture and knew how evangelicals think, and so normally, apparently, in other game shows, you have you set difficulty levels. You know, you 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 go through a, a semi scientific, uh, you know, uh, process of sending out difficulty difficult puzzles, seeing which ones are harder, and doing that. And uh, we were the only two people. Who knew? So, you know, one of our writers would say, I don't know, how hard is Elijah? And we would look at each other and go, I don't know, 200? <laughs> you know, like, it was, it was that simple. Yeah. And so we were able to burn through stuff a lot faster than, I think, uh, a full staff with a slightly more uh, scientific approach would have been able to. And thank God, because we were also in a real, real hurry. Uh, we had six weeks till filming. And uh, they hadn't figured out what the format was yet. I don't mean like what the game was. I mean like they didn't know if they were going to have two teams or three teams, <laughs> uh, if they were going to be playing for points or money. Was there you know, that kind of thing? It was that crazy. They were making it up with six weeks to go, and that is unheard of. Was there some reason they were trying to rush a Christian game show out? Like, did they just, okay, Jeff Foxworthy is signed on, and is there a reason they were like, we got to get this out now because we're, I don't know, capitalizing on some big thing happening right now? Yep, yep, it was, I'm pretty sure it was Duck Dynasty. Oh. Uh, that was, uh, and um, I could be wrong. Of course, I, you know, I was I wasn't in the in the field at the time, but I think 2012 was the heyday of Duck Dynasty, and um, also, uh, <clears throat> I mean, the reason they were in a rush right, you know, at the moment when I got called in was they'd done their first, you know, trial and it had gone very very poorly, and they had already rented the space, <laughs> so they got to produce work something. On. They were like, we got to get this ready in six <laughs> weeks, or we're blowing a lot of money. Yeah. So yeah. <clears throat> okay, so you're writing now for the show. The game, the questions are being mm -hmm. written, and, and, and I have never written for a game show before. Like <laughs> I have no idea what this what this is like. Yes. So what happened with the questions? What type of questions are we talking about? Um, we settled early on, and and by the way, and I, I should make clear this show is available on Netflix. You can see the first two seasons, not season three, unfortunately, because I really liked season three. Um, I think season two was probably our best season. That's the one where we got nominated for, uh, for two daytime Emmys. Um, <clears throat> so I'd recommend that one if you're curious. Because uh, it was a sort of a half quiz show, half reality game show. Uh, where uh, teams of usually friends with some kind of theme uh, were uh, getting together to raise money for a particular charity. All the money went to charity. <clears throat> so that was nice. And... Um, and there was a vetting process because this was Hollywood Christianity, so you didn't want like anti-gay charities or anything like that, right? <laughs> so it was always helping, helping feed the homeless, helping children, that kind of thing. Um, at any rate, uh, where was I? We were talking about uh, uh, I was writing quiz questions. Right. The one thing I saw in your TED talk that was really interesting is that you 
it, even though it's a Bible game show and you're writing questions, and they got to be of increasing difficulty too, uh, it's not like you had the whole Bible to choose from. Right, right. It became very clear early on that there were some things we were just not going to be able to use. And when you're looking at the Old Testament, you you know, Leviticus is enormous and useless. Uh, Deuteronomy is not much better. And uh, and basically all of the, the prophets, uh, outside of a few snippets of Isaiah, no one knows what any of those guys are talking about. Because it turns out, <clears throat> uh, and this is you know from my talk as well, that uh, uh, game shows, uh, not all trivia is equal. Uh, game shows thrive on the viewers at home being able to play along on the couch. And so you need to tell them things that they're familiar with and that they can maybe guess at, which means they don't like numbers. Numbers don't provide images. There's no story there. Uh, you can't do uh, obscure names or obscure places. Uh, fill in the blanks are especially <laughs> nice. And uh, we also found out like it's really, really hard to make any of the the pastoral letters or the letters of Paul, any of the epistles, interesting, uh, because they're you're either fill in the blank or you're lecturing somebody in some really like you don't realize how obvious the lessons of the Bible are until you start taking out like blank must be patient, blank must be kind, like you know like <laughs> of course love what you know, what else is it going to be yeah uh, and so uh, so really we. Uh, also because we started out easy, uh, it went hard. Well, easy, you've got 10 to 12 things that everyone knows is easy, right? Noah's Ark, Daniel, lion's den, David and Goliath, uh, Moses. And then like you, even before you hit six, you're starting to stretch a little, uh, how many, okay. Jesus and the, uh, Jesus and the, the feeding of the 5,000, Jesus and the fig tree, Jesus and and <clears throat> one thing that the producers didn't like was a lot of repetition. So if we had uh, you know a question about Moses in the first round, they didn't want one in the fifth. And we thought, let's you know, the Old Testament is basically Moses and David, and the New Testament is basically Jesus. You're gonna have repeated names. Uh, so it was uh there was there was surprisingly less usable Bible than we thought, because you yeah you look at it you think it this is enormous we'll never run out oh my gosh we <laughs> ran out really quickly I'm and surprised that because oh, of yeah. that that you said season two was better I imagine you got all the good material out in season one and it uh, would be no, way actually, harder what made season two better was season one was such a hit <laughs> that in season two we had more money oh. so we had an actual choir that could do their own, our own songs. Uh, by season three, we were writing original songs. That was really, really fun. <laughs> uh, we could, um, oh, I've forgotten. It, it, was just, it was just nicer all around. There was less, we were struggling less with like public domain type stuff. Um, but the other nice thing about it, oh, gosh, where was I? Uh, uh, there, there, there's a lot to say. I, I could easily lose track. Um, well, hmm. can you tell me what sort of questions are you asking about, like Noah's oh, Ark? Yes, I was going to go all the way back. Okay, um, we decided early on <clears throat> that doing just dull, straightforward questions would, of course, be dull and straightforward. And uh, we were lucky that we got a guy named Terry. I forgot his last name, but his uh, he, uh, oh, sweet human being. Oh, my goodness. He became our head writer. 
uh, in either the first or second season, possibly both. Um, and he had he had sort of won all of his accolades for his work on Win Ben Stein's Money from the nineties, and that was a fun show if anybody and watched it. Was. And it was basically a, con- a collision of pop culture and and high culture. Uh, so, uh, and that was what we did. So we said, okay, this is the, the standard like trope for making the Bible entertaining. And this is true in every like Christian sketch comedy troupe, every Christian comedian, when they really talk about the Bible, they almost always say, what would happen if this was happening today? <clears throat> you know? So, uh, and, and so it's a, it is a deathless trope, very easy to plumb for humor. And, you know, so it was an instant obvious thing to do is okay. Faith book, F A I T H. Uh, you know, what, who, who tweeted this, uh, who, uh, who you know, has this on their, on their Facebook page, uh, who, you know, so, so all the social media stuff. Uh, and then we did, um, Oh, I did one called, uh, CSI Holy land. <laughs> uh, that where, you know, you had, you were a, a dead body was described and you had to, answer a question about, you know, like who did, who, who is the murderer? Uh, where was this found? What Bible book is the story? Like, you know, whatever, okay. whatever okay. was most helpful. Uh, we also did one, <clears throat> I said, because, because, uh, 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 that was a crime drama, of course. And we thought, okay, so how about legal dramas? Cause there's so many laws in the Bible. I tried like hell, uh, to, to get some Leviticus in there, you know, just find <laughs> something to use. And so, you know, I thought to make a legal drama, uh, have legal questions, but, uh, yeah, it's still hard. It was, uh, the producer on the first year said, by God, those things just died on stage. <laughs> but anyway, that was that kind of thing. Pop culture, anything you do, TV, movies, uh, we did movie posters, I think season two. Uh, and, uh, okay, so you're making these yeah. questions, even if the questions themselves, the trivia isn't that complicated, you're just uh, framing them in a more fun way to make it more enjoyable. Yes, and in the second season, uh, the other thing that was influencing them was in the second season, they had, the uh, uh, Game Show Network had had a huge hit with, uh, what was it called, Minute to Win It. Oh, yeah, yeah, Guy Fieri, right? Right, right where people would just do really, really silly things, bounce a, a you know, ping pong ball as, as, as fast as, you know, as many times as you can in a minute. Or Yeah, they were games you could play in your backyard <clears throat> or something, and that's yeah, part balance, of the fun. Yeah, balance, balance, borders on your, on your elbow. And uh, they wanted us to make sure we had a couple of minute-to-win-it type challenges every, every season. And that was hilarious and mind-bending. We hated this. First, <laughs> we already had a hit without that stuff. So why are we suddenly making this, you know, a race to carry an egg and a spoon, you know? Uh, but also, uh, it was, we were, you know, we were given these crazy directives. This was my first experience of, you know, being told very important things by a committee, uh, saying, okay, we need physical challenges, uh, for the contestants, but they can't involve strength or speed, or dexterity because <laughs> we have elderly contestants and we don't want this old nun getting outraced, you know, uh, and you know, she knew the answer, but she didn't get it. I would watch uh, that though. <laughs> oh yes. Well, and that's the thing is, and that happened in the second season and we fought that like hell. <laughs> and then, uh, we saw there were, um, 
some young nuns, a, a set of young nuns, uh, in in the uh, in we are among our contestants in the second season, and one of our we just essentially did okay. Here are the answers. You know, we're going to give you a bunch of questions here. The you know, like which which of these glasses with a name on it, which of them matches the name that does this Bible story. You know, who who killed a lion with the jawbone of an ass? Okay, you try and get the the you, know, you try and bang the fork with a spoon and get it to land in the Samson glass, you know, that kind of thing. Uh, we saw one of those and there was one, uh, you know, we were wincing and cringing and we hated it. And then these nuns, uh, one of them put the fork and spoon, bang, knocked it in. It was perfect. Everyone cheered. They lit up and we thought, Oh my God, that actually worked. We've got a show. (laughs) <laughs> so, so uh, uh, it also made me think. Sometimes committees know what they're saying. Uh, it was it was really really fun. Um, one of the other things you mentioned in your TED talk is that because this is a legit game show, they had to fact check the questions. Which yes, is I'm going to get little... to that when I get to ask, asking some questions for you. Oh. Yes. Um. So, so sometimes you you discover things that you thought you knew about the Bible that aren't exactly true. Like, um, you know the uh, uh, the name of the uh, woman who danced for John the Baptist? No, oh, God. Right? I had a question about Salome. Okay. And it came back from research. Uh, that's not her name. In fact, she's never given a name. I was like, what? No, apparently Salome as a name for the woman who danced for John the Baptist was invented in 19th century huh. uh, by, by uh, yeah. And uh, so, you know, we had to go back to the drawing board on that and rephrase the question. Uh, in most, most uh, game shows have it really, really easy. Like uh, Jeopardy must be the best gig in the world because you look up a fact you confirm it with two or three good sources, and you're done. Uh, the there's a uh, all of the, all of the questions you write go to research, which are a couple of uh, really really uh, literal minded people who have to be creative in thinking about how can I possibly screw up this question, misinterpret it, and get a right answer by accident. That's you know they're trying to break the question and. Uh, and uh, all if you ask something as simple as "What is the capital of Norway?" you're good, right? You, there's right. no way to break that question. Uh, and you know you can you can figure out what it is. You know you, there's a number of online sources that allow you to do this. Uh, we had the problem of not having an official Bible. They didn't want to limit themselves to just the NIV or just the King James because they were terrified some deeply devout person was going to get, you know, kicked out because we, you know, they used the New American Standard instead of the NIV and we had turned a perfectly happy little game show into a into a war <laughs> over uh, which version of the Bible you read. So they wanted to use all of them. <clears throat> and uh, if you go to the... Uh, uh, BibleGateway.com. You will find about fifty-one Bibles. Right. Uh, this translation, and these poor researchers, because they're trying perversely to break every question, had to look up every oh single God. citation for every single question. They were working <laughs> late to the night. They were sleeping overnight. They had never worked this hard in their lives. Uh, it was really mean, uh, <laughs> and uh, <clears throat> and they found some astonishing things. Uh, so. Uh, for example, I had um, 
Jesus, God leading the Israelites as a pillar of fire by day and a, you know, a pillar of smoke by night. And they said, actually, we need an alternate answer for that because apparently the, I want to say the new English, the CEV, the, the, the common English version, has columns of lightning. <laughs> and I was like, ah, what? That's crazy. I mean, thank God I didn't do like a joke about, you know, two column accounting or something like that where the phrasing would have mattered. Right. Uh, uh, but it was stuff like that where you just had no idea what someone was going to say. Uh, if you look up, uh, not that we could do this, but uh, the classic story in, I want to say, Second Samuel or First Samuel, where uh, where the Philistines uh, steal the covenant and then they all get smitten with hemorrhoids or emeralds in uh, in uh, the King James. Um, you find all the ways they talk around hemorrhoids. You know, you have to say, okay, we will also accept sores and tumors and boils. <laughs> it's it's a really disturbing. But you want to keep that simple. I didn't realize how hard a game show writer's job, a game show host's job is. I am we were throwing up a different too. question every single time, different game. You know, this time, now we're going to do recipes for the Bible. And next up, we're going to do this. And he has to clear this out. He has to carefully say this. He's read it for the first time in his trailer 20 minutes before because we're throwing stuff at him every single day. And he's doing three shows a day. And... Um, and he has to, on top of this, clearly say things like Mephibosheth <laughs> uh, and, uh, and know where the camera is uh, and you know, speak to that camera while also talking to the guests and then moving around without getting in anyone's way between them and the camera. Like It, uh, it was like an amazing dance. And I got to say, I have so much respect uh, for Jeff Foxworthy. That guy was flawless. You can see why they would hire him because he showed up and he almost never cost extra time. He never, he never flubbed hardly ever. It was amazing to see. So as an atheist who grew up in Christianity, when you're going through this, I mean, you didn't believe this stuff at, at the time you were writing it, but did you, did you get more insight into the Bible? Uh, either way, did you just think to yourself like, I am talking, it's funny, you were just talking about uh, This American Life. Yeah. And in the second season of This American Life, I'm uh, sorry, the second season of, of, of uh, Bible Challenge, This American Life did a piece called This Week. Uh, things that were going to, you know, like just important things that were going to happen by people in this week. And that was the week that I was moving back for the second season uh, to tell the story about how this, you know, uh, show had changed my life. And so I was being interviewed on the road with Ira Glass, you know, and I was going to be on, you know, the, the, the This American Life again. Uh, and uh, he said, so has this experience changed your, you know, your experience of religion or of the Bible? Any? Yeah. And I said, no, if anything, it makes me hate the Bible more <laughs> because there are things that are terrible about it that I had completely forgotten. <laughs> like we got notes. Uh, you know, from the uh, from the network saying we need more female characters. <laughs> we would love more female characters, but have you read this thing? <laughs> you said we can't say the word concubine. You know, <laughs> you don't want to hear what happens to everyone named Tamar. You know, so uh, it's just you know we're trying to keep this family friendly. That you're not going to get a lot of women. Uh, and, uh, particularly if you want stories with interesting things right. happening, you know, we, we, I had, take it. Lot's daughters did not come up in a lot of questions. Right, right. We 
basically worked to death uh, Sisera the tent peg just every time. Every you know, like you know, she she was a woman who actually did something uh, exciting and killed a person. Delilah, Samson and Delilah. We had we had Jezebel in there. That was it. Like there weren't that much. There wasn't that much to work with. It's a shame. Miriam danced every other episode, I think. <laughs> okay, so after all of this, uh, did you ever hear from people who said the show helped them grow their faith or it turned them off of the Bible the same way? You know, no, I never did. I, it's weird. We, um, as writers on a show, we're basically anonymous. Yeah. You know, I mean, you know, the, the names whiz by, no one knows who you are. And uh, particularly on a game show, <clears throat> the you know the non-disclosure agreement is really really powerful. You can't even tell people you're on such and such a show because if you know somebody, oh. uh, you know you'll, it'll compromise the. And, and it's not it's not just oops we accidentally let this out. There are, there is federal law, you know because of the quiz show scandals of the 1950s. This is a federal violation uh, to to you know to compromise in any way uh, the uh, the. Know, security and, and uh, integrity of a, of a game show. It's ironic that you have to do that even for the Bible show. Yeah, well, here's the crazy thing. Uh, I told you about the nuns, and I hope you I hope you see a little bit of season two, because the nuns are great. And I don't want to <laughs> like give spoilers, but the nuns made it all the way to the end and then didn't quite make it. <clears throat> uh, and they were, they were young nuns. They were all really, really young, uh, you know, in their very early 20s. And... Um, so we loved them. They were really photogenic. They were full of energy. They were hilarious to watch. And so we, the nice thing about being a writer on a game show is um, you have nothing to do during the week of shooting. You get to hang out and eat craft services and watch everything get filmed because you're only there in case something goes horribly wrong and they need a question really, 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 really fast. Yeah. Uh, and nothing ever goes that wrong. You've already got backup questions. <clears throat> so... Um, uh, so we were just sitting there, and uh, was, we were there at the moment, you know, in our little booth, uh, when the nuns were were gone, and uh, you know, got taken out. And I was like, "Oh, that's such a shame." So I, because you know, no one cares who I am, I ran out after them, and uh, as they were like going to the parking lot, I uh, I said, uh, I, "I I'm one of the writers, and I just wanted to tell you guys that we in the writers' room were really big fans of you guys." And the head nun said, Dave, what are you doing here? <laughs> what? It turns out she had been a student of mine when I was teaching uh, composition at Florida State. Oh, my God. And, and uh, you know, they show you the contestants. And if you recognize them, you have to say something. Yeah. But, of course, she was dressed like a nun and had changed her name. It <laughs> <laughs> was one of, like, 200 people. But, uh, but okay. Oh my God! So, who? Thank God they didn't win. You know, uh, that would have been really, really bad, maybe. Uh, but that was the the craziest coincidence of all is that they got to catch up with a uh, favorite student of mine uh, who became a nun. So anyway, that's hilarious. Okay, so you told me you were going to quiz me, and then I yes. freaked out a bit because I'm I'm totally not going to win this game. But I'm very curious to hear some of these questions. Okay. Uh, now, first, I'm going to start with one uh, that we actually did to give you a sense of the kind of 
questions we were doing, okay? Okay. So this is called, and I wish I could take credit for this uh, uh, title of this, uh, The Four Little Ponies of the Apocalypse. Okay. And I am going to give you, this is a three-question quiz, I'm going to give you a phrase, and you have to tell me if it's a My Little Pony or a description <laughs> of heaven from Revelation chapter 4. Okay. All right, and it's, you know, like, it's stylized, of course, a little. Uh, Emerald Rainbow. Uh, my Little Pony. Sorry. Damn, Revelation 4-3. No. A rainbow that shone like an emerald encircled the throne. God. Okay. <clears throat> Number two. And we should really have a, a, a like an exciting sound bed for this. I'm sorry. I didn't think that through. That's <laughs> all right. Uh, Starlight Shimmer. <clears throat> you get, my Little Pony. <laughs> a unicorn pony. She is Twilight Sparkle's student in the ways of friendship. Yes. Excellent. By the way, what I'm reading you there, that is called Frill. <laughs> and in addition to writing the questions, you also have to write the frill because every so often they need to play for time and they need yeah. something to say about the question. <laughs> okay. Uh, all right. And finally, Sapphire Shores. That sounds biblical. <laughs> Sorry. Oh. Sapphire Shores is an earth pony celebrity singer referred to <laughs> as the pony of pop. Oh, my God. Uh, how, now, you were, uh, you're right. Uh, actually, in Revelation 4, there is a sea of glass. See, that's no what, sapphire shores. Clearly, <clears throat> that's, that's what I was throat. thinking of the whole way. And that, yes, see, and he <laughs> fell for my trap. All right. <clears throat> uh, now, round two. This is an example of a kind of uh, question we tried to do but couldn't do for whatever technical reason. Okay. This is. Uh, I'm going to give you the questions first, okay? This is called uh, Getting Your Herod Did. <laughs> I am going to ask you three questions, <clears throat> and the answer is either Herod Agrippa, Herod Agrippa II, Herod the Great, or Herod the Tetrarch. Jesus. <laughs> okay, so, uh, question one, which one killed all the children in Matthew chapter two? Uh, let's go with the first one of the Herod options. Herod Agrippa, I'm sorry, it was Herod the Great. Herod the Great. Uh, okay, which one spoke to Jesus during his trial in Luke 23? If I keep answering the first one, I'm bound to get something right. <laughs> okay, Herod the Griffin. I'm sorry. No. You were wrong. That was Herod the Tetrarch. Uh, and then which one did not give glory to the Lord and so was struck by an angel and eaten by worms, apparently very quickly, in Acts 14? Let's go with the last Herod. Herod the Tetrarch. Oh, oh, sorry, it was Herod Agrippa. Son of a... <laughs> <laughs> or, <coughs> or so we think. Here's the thing. Um, the reason I, we couldn't do that, and I loved doing this one. I've got another one from, like, all the Marys in the Bible. Okay. Like, just go, how do you tell them apart? Yeah. Uh, and, but the problem research said is, actually, we're guessing at all of them. Yeah. The, the Bible doesn't care which one it is. Like like in Acts, the very final Herod in Acts is, in fact, directly called Agrippa. Aside from that, they tended to just say Herod yeah. all the time in the same way that kind of the Old Testament says Pharaoh. They don't care which Pharaoh. It's just, you know, you know what we mean, bad ruler, you know. And so uh, and so they could not confirm you know, on a scholarly wow. level that all these, like these are basically the consensus yeah. of but well, they you know, couldn't fact check scholars, it. But it's not. Yeah, scholars don't don't really know. Wow. So that's yeah, we couldn't do that one. Well, All right. good. I didn't like that round. <clears throat> okay. Well, round three is uh, should be funny. Okay. Um, uh, it's called uh, Babel, 
Inagrams, which is just an <laughs> anagram of Bible anagrams. Okay. Um, I gave you three phrases. Oh, you did early on. Uh, and I'm going to ask which of these words and phrases is not an anagram of a book of the Bible. Okay. And these are the ones I divided. These are ones that we could not use. We had, we did anagrams in season three, but we kept coming up with ones that we couldn't use. And I'll, I'll read the three <laughs> I gave you. Right. You sex, told me these before sex, the show, uh, before yes. we started recording. And I honestly, I was looking at them and I'm like, I don't know why you told me these. And now that you said sex. anagrams, now I'm, now I'm doing them. Okay, so the first one is sex duo. That one I figured out. Which is? Exodus. Correct. Uh, the second two are uh, cat's testicles mm-hmm. and isn't an asshole. Okay, cat's testicles I figured out, I think. That one would be Ecclesiastes. Oh, I am. No. That is the wrong one. What? Because it almost works, but you need to switch an E for a T. Oh. That was mean of me. That was. What about isn't an asshole? Off top, no, can't figure it out off top of my head. Thessalonians. Oh, okay. That's one of my favorite. That's that good. was my favorite. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> now, what I should have done, what I, another way I could have done this, yeah. I almost had you do a fourth one called, um, where the uh, the phrase was, see Chet fart pot. <laughs> Um, okay. Because and then it would have been which of these is not an anagram of the book of the Bible, and then all of them would have been legitimate anagrams. Uh, no, uh, but see, uh, Chet fart pot is an anagram of the Acts of Peter, which is a an apocryphal book. Oh. But they all would have been legit anagrams, and you wouldn't have had to go. Well, wait, what if you switch the e for the t? You know, right, I, right. I, I could have gone both ways. Is what I'm saying. Uh, and I chose I chose cat's testicles, and I think I, I like think, that. Uh, I made the I right like choice. That. Yes. <laughs> that's that's a good one. Thanks. <laughs> so okay. So, yeah. After all this, um, did you? I don't know how this works, but after the show goes off the air, or when they decide, okay, we don't need you as a writer anymore. What yeah. did? Have you ever gotten any other offers from any faith-based anything? Because there oh, is no. there is a Bible game show that is a. Uh, that's run by like a very conservative group and it's on Facebook only, I think. Oh, really? Yeah, there is. Um, cause I've wow. seen it and it's oh. bananas cause it's just rote memorization and the, oh, it's all yeah. kids. So it's, it's like, it's sword drills. Yeah. That's uh, what we used to call them. Yeah. There's no learning going on really. Um, uh, <laughs> but, that would be no fun at all. No, and, I, I have thought of taking like a traveling show around to churches cause it was a hugely popular um, we did some shooting in, I think both the second and the third season in, uh, remotely in Georgia and in, in, uh, Georgia, if you wore a shirt that's had American Bible challenge, people would cheer. You'd get high fives. <laughs> wow. Uh, like it was, it was really, really popular. I, I got out of a speeding ticket in Alabama, uh, <laughs> because I was wearing the shirt. Oh my God. Uh, so that was Literally. kind of funny. It was so it was surprisingly popular in you know in smaller places around the country in 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 what you might call uh, the 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 duck belt. Uh, <laughs> so, um, uh, but yeah, uh, I haven't done that because of course you keep running up against deep in my heart. I am an atheist and I don't believe any of this and uh, uh, and you know so I'm not 
sure I'd, they'd be comfortable having me. I think I remember when the show first went on the air and all I knew was kind of the description of it. I remember thinking I would kind of like to see an atheist group appear on there, like battle the nuns. I wonder who would yeah. win. And you should just flat out say this is a group of atheists because I think that would be compelling to watch. Yeah, I think we did have a group of atheists. I, 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 I may be forgetting, but I'm pretty sure we had at least because they liked to keep it diverse. Right. Like I know, like I know we had some rabbinical students, but the thing is like, uh, when the kinds of questions we were doing, like the um, the showdown, the the, the big final uh, quiz question was just, uh, you're we're going to give you um, you know twenty questions in a row, really really fast on a countdown, and they're all about the nativity. Okay, where were they going? Bang, and you know they they just move on, and you you cannot defeat a fundamentalist Christian on that <laughs> like kind of knee jerk knowledge of a very specific thing. Okay. Uh, so, so it, it, in a way though, the format did tend to favor people who are obsessive. Fair enough. Um, and, and yeah, and, and you lose, I guess to say as an atheist now, you lose a lot of that obsession when the threat of hell is removed. That's very true. Uh, so David, what are you working on now? <clears throat> well, I'm, um, uh, because of the Ted talk, it's been able, I've been able to like dust off some things that I've uh, been working on for a long time. Cause I have a, um, so I uh, have uh, a website, daviddickerson.net. No, sorry, davidellisdickerson.net. The Ellis is very important. David Dickerson <laughs> takes you to a lawyer. Uh, and um, <clears throat> I've been uh, self-publishing religious satire. Oh. Uh, and I want to do more of it. I've been working for a long time on a larger book called How to Love God Without Being a Jerk uh, <laughs> that I think would be fun. Uh, but, uh, I want to show it around to a bunch of interested people. And I thought I'm going to start a mailing list and just give out little sections of it <clears throat> to get feedback. So if anyone's interested, uh, and, and, and sorry, in the meantime, I also have like, if you sign up on my mailing list on my website right now, you get two free books, little books. Uh, one is a collection of all of my radio pieces on this American life and a couple other places. And the other is a uh, 30 page story about the time I went to the creation museum. Oh boy. Yeah. Well, cause a lot of people do the creation museum, but they do it really, really fast. I wanted to do the hard blow by blow to really look at some of the crazy stuff they say and experience it. Uh, so the only uh, way to uh, do it. Oh my goodness. It was, it's, <laughs> it was, it was actually the hardest part of my trip. Actually, I, I, uh, it was part of a trip I took with the money we got, because we won a uh, movie guide award. I don't know if you know about oh. the movie guide awards. No. Uh, that's, there is some kind of obsessive Hollywood Christian guy who really wants, you know, there to be Christian programming in the world. And for some reason, he's got deep pockets. And he's been doing, if you look up movie guide, it's all one word. It is the most, you've probably run across it, in fact, the most obsessive analysis of every movie out there about whether it's family friendly, how many times they use the F word. Do they mention farting? It does it, is it, is it eco, is, you know, ecological? Uh, does it, you know, talk about other religions that kind of like every possible objection you can make to any movie is graphed. It's like the worst uh, version of Mr. Skin or whatever. Oh, it, it, yes, exactly. And now in this guy's defense, 
he's uh, he, he's uh, uh, basically trying to appeal to every single lunatic on the planet, <laughs> and uh, who are all very very you know every single canary in the coal mine. Wait, wait so you and won so he, you won so, money from an award for him, and you went to Kentucky. Uh, we, uh, well, no, we, I won an award, sorry, the, the writing staff and, and a bunch of other people because we got, we won for best programming of the year. Okay. And the crazy thing is, uh, they, that particular big award is funded by the Templeton Foundation. No. <laughs> so they have very deep pockets. They do. And I suddenly found myself with a couple extra thousand and I thought, I'm taking a road trip across the country <laughs> and writing a book about it. Yeah. Uh, so I so that's what I did. And that's why I, that's why you know this chapter from the the still unpublished book uh, survives. And so okay. I thought I bet you people who listen to Hammett Meta will like to hear this. <laughs> they probably would. And I oh, assume God. you went before Ark Encounter. That would have been right before Ark right. Encounter. Yes, was built. yes. Uh, I I and I don't know if I want to. Like that's just. Uh, you know, you know, there's, there's so much chicanery going on with oh, that. Man. I just, so now I just feel like I, if I go there, I'm helping them bilk the good people of Lexington, Kentucky, <laughs> and I can't do that anymore. Well, I've been to the creation museum twice. I don't ask, but it's, yeah. it's quite well, a place. Well, in your case, it's uh, tax deductible, I would think. <laughs> yeah, it's a work expense. Um, <laughs> I've, I've been three times. I cannot, I cannot stay away. Uh, but yeah, it's really, it's so, one of the things I kind of like about those obsessive places is, uh, how they, they like, it's, it's clearly a passion project because on top of everything else, the guy loves dinosaurs, but also has a kind of weird hard on for Pilgrim's progress. (laughs) And you know, and John Bunyan, which I was like, I, I I lived you know years as a fundamentalist Christian. I never read John Bunyan, but oh my God, you can't miss it here. He's it's his bookstore, and by God, there's going to be an entire column. I've I've uh, said this to atheists before, but if you get a chance to go to either Creation Museum or Ark Encounter, I know it feels dirty that you're giving money to them, but you should go because you you need to see firsthand what you're up against. And it's a good yeah. learning experience that oh you could take back with you. Well, and also, and particularly the, the Creation Museum, because it's also really well-funded and looks it is. nice. I mean, it is. It's audio animatronic. It is yeah. gorgeous. Very compelling. Yeah. And uh, so, you know. And they have uh, lines. Kind of like, Kind of like the lies of Satan. <laughs> right. Um, well, I will have, uh, we will have links for your website and therefore oh, the you. mailing list and also for the Ted talk and the, the show on Netflix too. So again, David Ellis Dickerson, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. Oh, it's been so much fun talking. I could go on for hours. All right. Uh, but, and I hope I get to hang out with you again. This was really, really a hoot. Uh, likewise. Thank you. <laughs> See you. Have it.